Welcome to episode 28 of the Entenew Energy Transition podcast. Today it's on clean tech impact investing and how venture capital can accelerate or help accelerate the energy transition in Europe and beyond. And I have the big pleasure to talk to Puck Higemann, who is actually a senior impact investor at the Impact Investor Wire Group. Let's go. This has been dominant since the 80s. And it still is dominant today. It's what we learn in business school. It's what we, what I learned in my finance master. Whatever you do, the goal is to make money. But then if you look at our world and the state of our world, that is not what we need at all. Because in the end, what will we have? We will have a lot of money on our bank account, but we won't have a livable planet. Welcome to the Entenew Energy Transition podcast. If we want to get this world on track towards a net zero emissions uh, system in society in 2050, we require more or less 4 trillion US dollars every year. And that's what the International Energy Agency uh, has in their re recent investing report from 2021. This is a number that is really hard to imagine. It's big, um, but it shows that th we need a lot of money, we need a lot of fines, we need a lot of resources to actually make this shift happening that we are thinking about when we talk about the energy transition. And obviously, um, parts of it will come from debt finance, but another big part is actually, or is very likely to come from venture capital. So today, we're going to talk about venture capital and clean tech impact investing. And I'm very happy to have a lady here with me who is really knowledgeable in that field. She's an impact, experienced impact investor. She worked on African projects, lived in Norway, and now she works at the Wire Group in the Netherlands. And we're here right now in the Netherlands, in Utrecht, in their offices. And she also has a PhD from Antenu, um, and where she also <laughs> worked on, on venture capital and corporate venture capital. So welcome to the podcast, Puk Hegemann. Thank you for having me. No, it's a pleasure having you. It's good. Puk, before we start right into all this game of venture capital, can you maybe tell me how did you become the person that you are right now and what gets you up in the morning to come here and work on impact investing? Of course. Ever since I studied finance at the Rotterdam School of Management, I'm really fascinated by the question, how can we use finance to make a better world? So I've never been so interested in how we can produce more money from money, how we can maximize our financial return, but, but how can we really use finance for something good? Mm -hmm. And that's why at the end of my studies, I decided to write my master thesis on microfinance institutions in Uganda. Mm -hmm. So I traveled there, spent some time there, and I was like, wow, this is where finance is really needed and is really able to, to have an impact. Mm -hmm. So then I went to work for FMO, which is the Dutch Development Bank, where I invested private equity uh, in direct deals like renewable energy transactions and banks and infrastructure projects, but also in funds. Mm. And we will talk about that later. So yeah, yeah. venture capital and private equity funds. Uh, I did that for eight years and then I was looking to deepen my knowledge. So decided to move to the richest country in the world and ended up in Trondheim, <laughs> uh, where I did my PhD on the role of venture capital investors in the green transition. And then after finalizing my PhD, I decided it was time to go back to the real world and to start impact investing again. Are you saying that academia is not the real world? It is, but it's a bit different, right? 
<laughs> it is a bit different. It is a bit different. And we are very, uh, we always, we're supposed to be critical all the time. And uh, we're maybe not so much interested in very having impact, or at least it's not how we are incentivized. It's a different way. Yeah. So, so you just gave us this, you mentioned all these words already, venture capital, funds, private equity, all these things. Can you maybe, for the ones in this audience, um, including me, who are maybe know a little bit about it, um, what, what are different ways of how projects or companies can actually be um, be funded? Like just a very, very general picture. Yeah, so um, on the one hand, you can get a loan. That's debt financing, That's isn't debt it? financing. Yeah. You can get it from a bank. Mm. But in order to get that, the bank will want to know that you can repay the loan with an interest. Yeah. And if you're a very new company with a brilliant new idea, there's no bank that is going to give you a loan because they have no idea whether you're going to be able to repay it. Yeah, because the only thing you have is an idea, isn't exactly. it? Exactly, yeah. it's you and your idea. Yeah, so you need another type of investor at that early stage. And that's where venture capitalists come in because they will invest capital, money, in your company. And in exchange, they will want uh, a share of your company. So they will, for instance, say, that's a great idea. We believe in you. We want to have 20% of your company and we will invest $1 million in your company. Yeah, and then you as a company have a run rate of a year or one and a half years that you can work on. And, and then eventually you need more money, isn't it? Exactly. That's what, <laughs> that's what all the venture capitalists hope, that you will develop, you will grow, and then you will need more capital. And then another investor will say, okay, now we come in, we invest $10 million dollars. Mm. Uh, we don't get that much of your company because it's way more promising now. Mm. Um, and that's the way it goes until the company gets so big mm. or so successful mm. that there's another party who says, okay, I will buy the whole company. Yeah. For instance, an established business. Or the company can become listed on the stock exchange. An IPO, is that's an IPO, what it's called. That's called an IPO. Yeah. And then the venture capital investor earns back that investment because it bought part of the company and then it sells the company again. When you, like, where does this, this venture capital really come from? Like, who are these people who are, or it's probably not just people, it's also funds, maybe it's family offices. Like, where does this money come from? And what are these people who are investing in yeah, yeah. do ca uh, venture capital investments? Who are these people? Yeah, so on the one hand, it can be individuals like you and me. Maybe you've invested uh, via crowd funding yes well i haven't but yeah yeah but that's so that's just <laughs> yeah. normal people anyone can do that mm -hmm. so that's one type of investor then you have established corporates who invest in startups and that's happening more and more for instance google has their venture capital firm it's called google ventures and they invest in promising new technologies yeah. uh, in in norway this also happens there's um equinor Yeah. Just there's a lot as well, for yeah. instance. Or the Acre Group, I think they also have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. there's a lot of... This is really hip and happening yeah, amongst so, large corporates. So it's people who have made a big fortune. They're very inclined to do that very oftentimes, or at least establish uh, an arm of their company, of their ventures, of their endeavors that yeah. then does this. Yeah. But it's not only large firms. It's also small and medium enterprises. And this is where you did your PhD about, the, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is something <laughs> that I researched. Yeah. yeah, this is something that I researched in my PhD because we know about the large companies investing, mm. 
but we don't know anything about the small and medium companies investing, why they do it and what they can help these startups with. So, so these are two types of investors. There's the people that invest individually via crowdfunding. There's the large corporates. And then there's a third one that's really important in the market, and that's the venture capital fund. And a venture capital fund, basically, um, it's a group of people that have experience investing or maybe are experienced entrepreneurs. And they say, we are able to find the right companies and we can help them to grow and to become successful. Mm-hmm. But they don't have necessarily all the capital themselves. The capital comes from large institutional investors, as they are called. Like these are like pension funds, for example, isn't it? Exactly. Pension funds, insurance companies, large banks. They have so much money that they have to invest. They cannot make a single investment in a startup somewhere in Norway, for instance. They will rather invest a large amount in this pool of money, a venture capital fund. And then this team of experienced people, it's called the fund manager. They will invest it for them in different startups. Mm. And they then get a, this is called, I think, a management fee, isn't it? They, yeah. so, so they get lots of all of this, this pot of money and to, to, to divert, like to put it into different projects and different, different companies. And then they get, they earn something, but or do they earn it anyways? Or do they earn only if their investments are good? No, it's quite a nice uh, setup because the management fee, they earn anyways. anyways. That's really to cover their salaries. Yeah. But on the other end, it's probably if they have a good track record, then it's very likely that their, their assets under management will increase. And that's their, that's their incentive to do a good job, isn't it? Yeah. Because they will also get something of the profit. Ah, so there's some, if kind you of make a, yeah. enough profit, if you make enough financial return, then you get part of that financial yeah. return. These, these, these private equity funds, are they rather investing into these earlier stage companies or are they rather investing in later stage? Or it, does that, do they do, are there different funds that do different things? It really depends on their strategy. Mm-hmm. So you have venture capital funds that invest very early, that do like seed capital and mm-hmm. early venture capital. Mm-hmm. There's also funds that do later stage Uh, so really venture capital yeah. or even private equity, which is like the state after venture capital, when a company is established, has a revenue, is probably even profit making. But it, before it goes on, before the IPO? Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. So now, so, and this has been around, this concept has been around for decades, maybe even centuries, isn't it? Like maybe not centuries, but no, no, like no. since the Second World War, maybe? I have no idea. I'm yeah, really that's asking. When, that's when venture capital started and this fund model started. Mm-hmm. So this idea that you have this group of people managing all this capital from institutional investors, mm-hmm. but it really took off in the 1980s. Okay. That's when venture capital really took off. Because this idea of startups started to be more prominent in the 80s or what was the was there a specific reason that you could think of it was because of regulation because pension funds and insurance companies were allowed to invest in venture capital mm-hmm. to take that risk mm-hmm. because it's quite high risk yeah and they only put a, sh- a part of their funds yeah. is it like 10 i have no idea but like no I, but I there are there are regulations that say yeah. how much they can invest but at least the, this asset class as it's called this type of investment was allowed for them to invest in. And also because in the 80s, um, certain startups were coming to the market that really fit well with that venture capital model. 
Because the idea is in the venture capital model that you invest for five years, and then you, in the first five years, this team can invest the money that they have under management. And then they have five years to grow those companies and to sell them again. That's called an exit. So you need to invest in a company that can really grow within that time frame. Also, you don't want to invest too much capital in one company. Because then you have too high risk and you want exactly. to diversify your risk. Exactly. It? Because I hear it's like they call it like a hit and miss business or something. Is it like what's like I hear something like, okay, if you want to have one good company, you have to have invested in 12 or 20 companies. Is it yeah, like, some, like, I don't know, I have no idea, but this is. Yeah, so there's different strategies. Yeah. But indeed, um, usually when you invest venture capital, there will be some failures yeah. because a lot of startups fail. So also a lot of the investments of a venture capital fund will fail. Mm. And to compensate for that, you will need to have some very successful ones. Yeah. So that's the whole idea. And then in the 1980s and in the 1990s, you had the information technology era. And then, of course, all the software businesses came. Mm. And these really fit well in the venture capital fund model because they don't need a lot of investment. Ah, because it's not infrastructure. It's, like it's nothing. Not, it's not. It's It's not asset heavy. You yeah. invest in a, in usually a guy and his computer. That's how Mostly it starts. Mostly guys probably back in the days, isn't it? And still, still, <laughs> still, yeah. still like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what you see is that from that time onwards, venture capital became really popular. Mm. A lot of money went in there. Mm. And then there's been booms and busts. Mm. The last year was crazy. Oh, like the last two years I hear was like, like it's been increasing. And now we're running into something like we don't know. <laughs> 2021 was really high. Yeah. And now we're like running into a recession towards and yeah. So and now, now the interest rate is going up. So yeah. there's not that much money going into venture capital anymore. At least anymore. Not so cheap money. Yeah. 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 So yeah. let's see what happens now. It's yeah. exciting times. Yeah. So you said it's been around since the 80s. And we didn't really talk about the wire group where you work now, but you guys, you, or ladies, um, you're an impact. You're you're into impact investment. So can you maybe like elaborate a bit about the difference of how venture capital the game worked in the last decades and still works now, and what you as a company want to do differently, maybe, and what is really impact investment? Like, what's the, the difference between the traditional? Investment, what's this thing, this new thing, this impact investment thing? What Can you elaborate on that? What is it? Yeah, absolutely, because I really care about this. Good. Um, <laughs> what you saw back in the 80s is that it was all about financial profit. It's really Gordon Gecko, greed is good. And that's basically what the whole venture capital fund model originally was based on. You invest and the only goal is to make money. That's also why this management team is incentivized by part of the financial profit. It's like, that's what you're supposed to do. Only focus on profit. Really neoclassical economic theory. And what you see is that this has been dominant since the 80s. And it still is dominant today. It's what we learn in business school. It's what, we, what I learned in my finance master. Whatever you do, the goal is to make money. But then if you look at our world and the state of our world, that is not what we need at all. Because in the end, what will we have? We will have a lot of money on our bank account, but we won't have a livable planet. So this whole idea for me doesn't make any sense. Yeah, because you, you kind of take advantage of extracting pro very often resources that 
have costs that are not reflected in the price of the product that you're selling co2 pricing whatever whatever it is yeah yeah so what our idea is here at wire group is that you have to take into account everything that's happening in the companies you you invest in so you have to make sure there's a lot of positive impact that's created both for the environment so the natural capital as for society so your human capital you have to make sure that you develop those mm -hmm. when you invest and we believe that that is just as important as your financial profit mm -hmm. and we also believe that you can have both mm -hmm. if you look for the right investments mm. but then you have to have a very particular lens isn't it so where i guess it's not so easy to find these companies or is it because the challenges are so big right now that it's easier to find them because they're popping up everywhere because they want to solve problems that we created in the last years how, how is that absolutely landscape looking so what you see is that the landscape is the opportunities are increasing the finance is increasing but it's still i think quite slow mm. surprisingly slow yeah. Because you would expect that no one wants to invest in oil and gas anymore. And that is happening. It is happening, but at, at a slow pace. Yeah. And what you see is that especially institutional investors, like the pension funds, like the insurance companies, they take quite a long time to change their mindsets. It's that? such a traditional business. Mm -hmm. That's one. But also the people that work there often go to business schools. They study finance and what they are taught in those institutions reproduces is, itself. Exactly. is still in line with this idea that you have to maximize your financial profit mm. and they don't learn about making impact and that you can do this and how you can do this. So the mindset is the same, even with the people that are coming into those organizations. When you say that the transition is happening slowly, that kind of also means that you say that there is some kind of mind shift maybe, but is it like, do these pension funds, for example, do they have like small parts of their funds that go into po impact positive project or like, is like, is that happening and it's just not happening fast or is there really nothing happening? Just say, okay, give me projects that are very likely to get us the money back. Yeah, you do see that they have these separate pockets of capital that they use for impact investing. Mm. And that for me is very strange because why would you see that as a separate business? Isn't yeah. that what they should focus on yeah. overall? Mm. And what you do see is that for their whole portfolio, so for all the investments that they make, they look at ESG nowadays. Yeah. Let's let's have a chat about ESG in a second, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, maybe 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 let's let's go about ESG. So what is ESG? What does it stand for? And why is it maybe a bit of a tricky thing? Yeah, so ESG stands for environmental, social, and governance. And it means that when you invest in something or you give a loan or you provide money to a project or a company, that you at least have thought about their environmental impact, their social impact, and their governance. It doesn't mean that you're doing anything with that. Mm. It just means that you've looked at it. Mm. You've thought about it. So, so it doesn't, that's, I didn't even know that. Okay, so it means that these companies have a look at it, but it doesn't mean that they operate in an ESG... Positive way. Positive way, that's a good way of putting it, yeah. It doesn't mean that. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. That really depends. Yeah. So you can say we do ESG, mm. meaning that you 
sort of tick the box like we've checked this, we've checked this, we've checked this, but it doesn't mean that you do anything with it. This might be super off now. Like I'm not. This is not not um, how to call it. Not verified. But I heard that Chevron is actually ESG um, ticks all the boxes for for ESG, and Chevron is an oil extracting company. Um, so maybe I have to check that later. But if you know if that's the case, then that is super ridiculous, isn't it? It's like how can like, how can that be? I know that Tesla was ESG like ticked the boxes, but now it was kicked out. Um, so which is also interesting. I know they use lots of gas to produce their, yeah. their 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 cars, but on the other hand, yeah, we need electric mobility. So it's like it's it's an intricate concept. I feel it's like yeah, when it, are you it, in, when are you out? It doesn't say anything about what you do, ESG. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you're doing something good for the planet. Oh, it just means that your processes are being analyzed. Exactly. Okay. Well, then, but then it's kind of helpless. Like, like, or not helpless. Like, why? What's the point? Well, at <laughs> least then you've. I, I'm also a bit skeptical about it, but there is some point because at least you think about it. Yeah. You take it into account, and maybe people will start thinking, and end up making different decisions. Mm. But it doesn't give you the assurance that something will happen yeah, yeah, or that yeah. any change is being yeah. made. And I guess the idea is really good. Maybe the implementation is a bit insufficient currently. Yeah. 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 We talked about impact investment versus non-impact investment, and I talked and I asked you a little bit, like, okay, what's the difference? But like, the Wire Group is probably not the only impact investor in Europe or maybe on the global scale. So, like, what are other what are other companies that maybe are doing it, or is there some kind of like a an umbrella organization that brings all of you together. Um, can you give me yeah, give, give me more more salt and pepper about impact investment and what's going on? The ecosystem. Yeah, the ecosystem, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, so what you see is that there's more and more venture capital funds and private equity funds that really care about what they do. And what you see is that they structure themselves differently and that they really have a different mindset. But they can still use that venture capital fund model to invest. For instance, what we have done at Wire Group, and there's other funds that also do this, when you talk about that incentive part that's based on financial return, so if the fund performs really well, you get part of the financial return. For us, we get 50%, that's called carried in venture capital okay. jargon. Mm -hmm. for, for us, we get 50% of our carried if the financial return is good. But the other 50% is linked to impact. How do, you, how do you assess that impact? So that's something that we're working on. Mm -hmm. And that is really Sounds important tricky. to yeah. be developed. Because it's not like financial profit where we have this. You have the numbers. We, we have accounting yeah. systems. Well, it's not. It's, that has also been developed over decades, mm -hmm. our accounting system. And that's also not always straightforward. But it's generally accepted. For impact, we don't have a system like that yet. Mm. And it would be super helpful if we had a system where we could somehow measure impact and maybe even put a number on that. The opinions are divided whether you are able and should put a number on that. Mm. Like so that you kind of value, financially evaluate exactly. impacts that go beyond the, fin the, 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 the straight financials. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. For instance, if you invest in education, you can look at the amount of students that wouldn't have had that education and then see how much will they earn extra in their lives and then you can put a number on that. 
Yeah, but it seems as if then probably for every investment that you do, the impact assessment is probably going to be very different from the other projects. Isn't it? like if you invest into education, that's yes. a different game than if you invest into solar de deployment. Yes. Uh, if you invest, I don't know what else you invest in, but it yeah. sounds as if it's like it needs to be really contextualized to every project, maybe, yeah, even. So that's what we do with our fund of funds. Yeah. We aim to do that. Yeah. And we have, for instance, help uh, of the Impact Institute That's an organization that... Uh, Look, I have no idea what that is, but I'm going to put it into the show notes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's an organization that helps you to measure impact and to, to develop a methodology to do that. Yeah. Because indeed, you have to look at all the underlying companies and see what their impact pathways are, as they call it. Yeah. So see what is the most important impact that they make. And then you also want to look at the negative impact that is being created because you have to be honest. And then you can see what, see what impact you're making. But it's complex. I totally get that. Yeah. And the strange thing is, in my opinion, that a lot of the impact funds are developing these impact frameworks and really showing their positive impact. But all the traditional funds, they don't have to measure anything. And they are making a lot of negative impact, but they are not asked to put any effort into measuring those and reporting those. That sounds quite as if there's quite some need for regulation actually or for policies to 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 make them look at these impacts that they have isn't it so i think that would be really helpful yeah. yeah because then eventually what you said impact investment is going to become normal because if there's no incentive or if there's if they are not afraid of losing funds that flow into their into their systems um then they're not probably not going to change and i guess that in, investors are always more inclined to invest somewhere where they say, okay, I might get money back, but I always also do a good thing. I, I think humans in generally, like 99% of humans are good. <laughs> so, yeah. so, and it's just like we are ignoring our negative impacts. So, so, but we want to have positive impacts. So maybe if, it, if, you, if you want makes it easy for investors to choose the right thing, maybe that then has implications for making yeah, better, a better investment system happening maybe. Like yeah, yeah, it would be a step, at least if yeah. you can see the impact that is being made yeah. and you can compare it, then you can think for yourself, what do I find important? Do I want to make a lot of financial profit and I don't care at all about the impact? Mm -hmm. And like you, I don't think there's many people mm -hmm. in the end that would make that decision at this point in time, I hope. But then if you can see that you can make a decent financial profit and have a positive impact, th then you can make a choice. Yeah, because eventually we will all be asked by our children, did you do enough? <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So we said that, okay, the money comes from maybe pension funds, comes from private investors. But in your PhD, you looked at company, at corporate investments, really. Yeah. Maybe let's switch to that one a little bit. So maybe give us an idea, okay, what companies do that? What companies, we talked about that many companies have these kind of investment yeah. arms, but yeah. which in, which companies invest into, I don't know, how did you call it? Did you call it clean tech? I think you called it clean tech in your... In I your, called it clean tech, yeah, climate this, tech, green tech. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of terms. Yeah, yeah. So, so this paper that we're going to talk about now is called Why Do They Do It? Corporate Venture Capital Investments in Clean Tech Startups in the Journal of Cleaner Production. Um, I'm also going to put it into the uh, into the show notes. So, Pok, tell me, who are, the, who are these corporates that want to invest in clean tech? <laughs> and why do they do it? <laughs> yeah, so that was exactly the answer that we, the, the question that we were trying to answer in this paper, because no one looked at it before. It's interesting, isn't it? It's, yeah. I think it's such an, 
like it comes like that's a really relevant question and to see that no one has like but that's that's then the perfect uh, the perfect research niche for for a phd for example isn't it yeah. exactly exactly what we found is that there's a whole range of companies that do this and they are large but they are also small and medium and they can be government owned or they can be private companies or publicly owned that they are listed on the stock exchange. Mm. So it's it's all types of companies. And on the one hand, they do this because they find it really interesting to invest in these green technologies because these companies, they know that they will have to change. So they know that the systems around them can change exactly. and, and, and ask them for them to change as well. They know that there's a green future mm. and they will have to do something to, to keep being competitive. So contrary to the institutional investors who are very slow to change, you see that these companies are actually moving faster. So because of these uh, companies investing, because they find it interesting, that's of course helpful for the startups because then they will get capital from these companies, but usually they will also get technical assistance. Sometimes they are introduced to clients Sometimes this large company will become a client. So it's really helpful. But then there's also a very big risk. Is that that you, you're tied too much to that particular company maybe that invested into you? Is that a risk? Yeah, that's a risk. But it can even be that your technology is so promising that the company feels threatened by it and will invest in you just to make sure that you don't become too successful. Really? Yeah. Like it sounds as if it could have, I could totally see that. But on the other end, I'm like, that's like so nuts, isn't it? That's like, so you invest money so that a company doesn't grow, which yeah. is, which puts the, in German, we would say it puts it, ad, ad, the whole concept ad absurdum. It's like that it like, yeah. it's supposed, venture capital is supposed to make you grow and have impact. And they give you investor, uh, venture capital so that you're not grow, so that you're tight yeah. to them. Yeah. Interesting. Ah. Yeah. But there's very limited research into that. Yeah, because no one wants to talk about it, I guess. No, exactly. It? And it's sure. hard to find that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's one paper out that's called Killer Acquisitions. So it's about acquisitions. You buy a startup as a company and then you just kill it off. Mm. But isn't then, isn't then another startup going to pop up with the same concept, maybe another year or later or something? Yeah, but would you do that? Would you then start a company like that if you know that there's a very limited chance of you succeeding? Well, you don't have to get money from the same corporate again, isn't it? You could maybe get money from some other. Yeah, you could try. You could try, but then you know it will be hard. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah that's the power of incumbency. Yeah. Yeah. And if they don't want to change and they have vested interests. Which many oil companies, for example. Exactly. Because they don't want that all that what they invested become stranded assets. Yeah. Yes, then there is a lot of uh, inertia in these kind of systems. Yeah, so it's yeah. a tension. Like on the one hand, we know that we have to become greener. But on the other hand, these companies are trying to protect their business. Mm. What is, is there a way out, Puk? Um, I think that if you're an entrepreneur in a green startup, you have to be very careful. Whom to take in. Whom to take in. And you have to make sure that you're aligned on values. So that when you care about green and your objective is not necessarily only to maximize your financial profit, then don't go with a venture capital firm that only wants to focus on you growing and making as much money as possible. And there are those sorts of funds out there now. 
similarly, when you go for a corporate investor, make sure that you know what you want from them mm-hmm. and also that you know what they want from you. Yeah. Why they invest in you? Yeah. Because it, it can be risky. Yeah. yeah. Another when you say it, it's, it can become risky, I could think that also these larger companies then that that invest into smaller startup companies could use that for creating an image that they already way further down the road than there actually are. Did you find that as well in your research? Well, what you do see is that a lot of these utility companies, for instance, they invest in a startup. It's very small amounts. Maybe it's 50,000 euros well, that that's, they invest. That's, a, that's an angel ticket investment, isn't it? Exactly. That's like so big. it's super small. It's very early stage. It's high risk. So on the one hand, it's really good that they're doing this. Mm. But then you do see it in their annual report. It's like mentioned. Oh, really? Yeah. But people who know... Pretty prominently. Yes. But yeah. on the other hand, people who know, then they know it's just 50,000 euro or like whatever ticket. Like, But yeah, it's in the report. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So then they do use it for marketing like we would probably also do the same yeah but yeah, it's, and yeah. on the one hand it's mm. okay but on the other hand if you're totally honest mm. it isn't the biggest impact that you're having unlikely especially yeah. when that company might go bust or whatever if yeah. you only invest into one one company yeah maybe coming a bit towards the end of this episode i would like to maybe have a little chat about with you about what companies who actually want to have a positive investment uh, impact what they can actually do to attract capital because i've talked to like in the last episodes i talked to a, so, a floating solar startup for example yeah. i talked to a, um, um, uh, um, uh, a flow battery startup and they're always looking for money which is understandable um, because that's what they do because yeah. they, they 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 have enough money to operate for another half a year or for another year and then they, the next round is coming up and so the question is okay where do we get money from in order to pursue this dream that we have to have a positive impact so and they always need money but on the other hand these funds and also wire group you people you also need these companies so the question is like what are you really looking at when you look at companies to invest in and maybe not just you but also like the whole industry you know it's like so that we give some value maybe also to the to the startup people who might be listening to this podcast here yeah great um what you see is that venture capital funds are more and more realizing that they will have to invest in these asset heavy early stage companies Mm -hmm. but then you need to go for the right venture capital fund that is really saying we want to do this we can do this so the big ones like sequoia or antler or whatever these these, these incubators they, they might not be the right ones no i think they are more looking for the software yeah. companies that they can grow really quickly that are not too complex mm. that don't need a lot of capital and that they can easily exit after after five years yeah, yeah. maybe even three years so if you if you're not a company like that don't go for that type of venture capital fund but probably entrepreneurs know that. Um, there is there is absolutely growing interest of corporate venture capital. But like I was saying, you have to be careful what corporate you go for and why they want to invest in you. And you don't only have to look for the large corporates, you can look for the small and medium, medium corporates as How well. How would I find these? Would I, would I look for them in like my direct Venice, like yeah. 100 kilometers yeah. around me? Or yeah. would I... Like, how do I find them? How do I, is there web pages? Is there like, how, what would be your approach if you would run a company like that? Yeah, to, then, to I, then I would go and look at, uh, at a small or medium company that does something that would benefit me. For instance, maybe they can help you to produce your first units, or maybe they can introduce you to a first client. 
So so look so for, for like strategic investors look, kind of yeah, yeah look for a certain fit mm. and then they will also be able to invest some capital in you because they like to do that that's what we found in our research these small and medium enterprises they like to be involved in this entrepreneurial ecosystem it has some sparkle to it it has it, it it's exciting for them <laughs> yeah um but it's it's smaller amounts of capital so it's only for the earlier phases mm. yeah and when you go for the next phase then it's still hard. So corporates, venture capital funds with the right incentives. And also there's a lot of funds that are trying out new structures so that they can invest for a longer time because five years investment period is not enough. Like if you want to build software time. with 20 people, that's probably uh, enough, isn't it? But if you want to build something, yeah, I don't know, infrastructure better, related, whatever exactly, it is. Exactly, exactly. If you really want to do a technology, asset heavy then you need a longer time frame yeah and venture capital funds are realizing that and also the investors are realizing that or does there need to be some work on convincing them there's absolutely work to do on convincing them but what you see in this there's a lot of innovation in this fund world so for instance what you now see is that you have some venture capital funds that get donor money to invest in the very early stage. Donor money like Bill Gates Foundation. Yeah, or from the government. From the government. From, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when they have promising projects coming out of that, they will invest private capital. So for that's that's one of the things that is happening. So you can look for those innovative funds mm. and try to approach them and say hey. And say hey. We, we have the same values. And also be very clear about the impact that you aim to make. Yeah. Because that's helpful. Because that's what you're selling, actually, isn't it? Exactly. And what you saw in the beginning of, or earlier on is that venture capital funds were not interested in hearing about the impact. But now, for a lot of them, it's becoming more and more important. So do sell your proposition based on the impact that you're creating. Yeah. I think these are very helpful tips. Yeah. Puck. Now, let's maybe round this up and say, okay, we, I think we've touched upon several points that, want, that need to change maybe in the ecosystem or in the whole investing or uh, venture capital investment world, let's put it like that. But if you had like one or two, three points, what do you think is the most, most important things that need to change in, in that system in the future? For, so that we have actually more impact investment, that we can actually funnel the money towards projects that actually have positive impact instead of yeah uh, exploiting more and more of the planet i think by far the most important thing is that we have to change our mindset in the finance industry and we have to finally after like 40 years of being dominated by profit maximizing mm. returns we have to step away from that mm. we, and we have very limited time mm. to save our world to say it like in big words but i guess it is like that so we have to start using finance for good. And we all have to do that. So that mindset change, I think, is by far the most important thing. And I think we have a lot of work to do uh, in the industry itself, but also at universities. Cool book. For the people who found this interesting and who learned something, how can people reach you? Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, but you can also send me a direct note at my email address. It's book at wiregroup.com Puk, it was a pleasure being a guest here today at the Wire Group. Thanks for taking the time and thanks for yeah elaborating a bit on what 
yeah, what type of change we might need in the venture capital ecosystem. And, and uh, good luck with that on your in, on your way in the future years. Thanks for thanks for joining me for this podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you.